You may have heard that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help us save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. You know that I feel like it's important to express yourself. You got to put your true self out there. And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do that. That's right. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know it doesn't get any more comfortable than the Croc clogs and sandals. They are just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit Crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. You do that? Not anymore. <laughs> I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages. So no public feeds. And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay. Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh. <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. There's power in every purchase because every time we buy a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. And y'all know I love my lip bar products. That's just one to name a few. There is a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. Show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. That's right, y'all. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. That's right. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black-owned products you can add to your daily routine. Kadeem, real talk. Uh-huh. The only reason why we still together is because my family don't know the real you. Oh, shut up, Denial. Because if I told my mother how you treat me. <laughs> that is a whole lie, Denial. My mother would come in and slice him and dice him and slice him and dice him. <laughs> Listen, you don't understand, but your mom and I, we have an unspoken just gaze. Because she understands my plight and I understand hers. She raised you for 18 years and I had the next 18, all right? Whatever. So chill out. Let me you give, don't, let you me don't give raise nothing. You may get the raise or you go get the raise. <laughs> I have had significantly better relationships with my family when I took them off of this imaginary pedestal and treated them as the human beings that they are. Dead ass? Dead ass. Hey, I'm Kadeen. And I'm DeVal. And we're the Ellises. You may know us from posting funny videos with our boys. And reading each other publicly as a form of therapy. Wait, I make you need therapy? Most days. Wow. <laughs> oh, and one more important thing to mention. We're married. Yes, sir, we mm-hmm. are. We created this podcast to open dialogue about some of life's most taboo topics. Things most folks don't want to talk about. Through the lens of a millennial married couple. Deadass is a term that we say every day. So when we say deadass, we're actually saying facts. 100. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. <laughs> 
we about to take Pillow Talk to a whole new level. Deadass starts right now. So we're talking about family today. Yes. And it was only right that in talking about family, yes, I had to dig into my roots a little bit, okay? okay. We had a couple options when it came to family songs. Yes. You know, there's yes. Popcorn, Family. Yes. We say family. Yes. However, I feel turnt this morning. You know feel what I mean? Turned. I feel turnt up. You know, my coffee's kicking in, so I feel like we need to go off. Can you give me a beat real quick? You ready? Let's see. Let we're going to see how, how well DeVal caught on to this West Indian culture. <laughs> listen, you know, listen, I am... <laughs> I am Jamaican by way of Flatbush. But today, it's right? a little soaker so, so today, all right? Soca today. It's a little soaker today. So I'll tap into the St. Vincent side of NC side, right? Uh-huh. This is particularly from our guys in Trinidad. Trinidad, yeah, Trinidad. The red, okay, black, white, shout Trinidad. out to Trinidad. You know, I still haven't made Carnival yet. That's on my bucket list. I got you this year. I had to get there. Let me get snatched and Corona needs to go away. All right. Corona needs to go away. All right, Ready? Because hey, when we roll, we don't roll alone. So, anyway, that we go. Y'all yeah, think, no, we moving heavy with we. Oh, you really lit, huh? <laughs> Watch Wiz. Watch Wiz. Watch Wiz, Pelton. <laughs> okay, go ahead. You know, as a, as a child, right, yes. you have no choice but to kind of just take your family shit, right? Facts. Pretty much. Facts. But as adults, the dynamic changes now because we're all grown-ass people. Yes. And what you're willing to tolerate changes. Yes. So we're going to have a discussion on healthy... Or creating healthy boundaries with family and how to handle those shifts. Right. You know, because sometimes we're uncomfortable with establishing boundaries because we think that, you know what, they're family. Yes. However, they are people. <laughs> However. However, snatch the ear, snatch they the ear. are people. Yes. Okay. That being said, tell me about your story time. Because we got stories for days when it comes to family. Fam- so. Especially family. But this family, yeah. th- this story in particular, I didn't want to single out any one of our siblings Uh In particular. Uh Uh-oh. So I decided to tell a story that encompasses all of the siblings, even though it's going to be about one sibling. Okay. You know, you got a brother and a sister. I got a brother and a sister. All of them, Mm -hmm. at one point, have done this. Okay. All right? Gotcha. So y'all know when y'all got that sibling, right? Mm -hmm. And that sibling is dating someone. Mm -hmm. Then the sibling walks in the house and the sibling is upset. Right. Now the sibling comes to you. And t- tells you everything that their significant other has done to them. Mm-hmm. So they mad now. I'm, I'm over this. I'm over this. I'm done. I'm finished. I ain't fucking with him no more. I'm done. I ain't fucking with her no more. It's over. It's over. So now you say you over. Mm-hmm. So we over. The collective we. You said you done. We, we done. done. I get that. Boom. Facts. Fast forward mm-hmm. two days. The significant other's now sitting in the living room. <laughs> and you're like, bitch, didn't you say we was done? <laughs> We was, was done. What oh. is he or she doing here now? Right. So now the significant others looking at you in your face. Mm-hmm. You looking at them in their face, and you see them looking at you, and you let them know that I know what you did right. to my With the sibling. Ice grill. And you got to let the them ice know grill. he or she may be done. The ice grill. With the ice, you got to look at them with the ice grill. Let them know he or she, your sibling, may be done, but I ain't done. Right. I ain't over it. 
<laughs> and now the sibling right. is hitting you with the, you got to learn how to let things go. <laughs> this is between me and him or her. I don't want you to take that energy downstairs. You're making it awkward. <laughs> no. You You're made it, it awkward. awkward. Yes. Oh, my God. We've been there. Everybody has been there before. That, yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. have been there with each of my siblings on your side and, and on my your side. side. And it's so true because the best part about all this is that if if I'm your friend, if I'm your family member, whatever, yeah. if I'm not fucking with you, yeah. you not fucking well, with them it, and vice it. versa. That's, that's just it. what it is. That's just what that's it just is. That's just what it is. It's just like an unsaid yes. thing. But yes. yeah, that that is a great, a great one. So now – this is the funny part, right? And this is where it, t- it takes me to this, dealing with family. Mm-hmm. When you're a child, you're told you have to be involved with certain things. Right. Right? So when the holidays come around, mm-hmm. or special occasions, weddings, funerals, you're forced to be around certain people. And what's the first thing your mother and your father say? When you see so-and-so, you better smile. You better You smile. better give hugs. Give you better a be hug, cordial. Yes. Da, da, da. When you become an adult. Mm-hmm. And now you can make your own decisions. You're like, nah, you like, B. <laughs> he, he moved funny. Yeah, someone so move funny. She moved funny. So, yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm going to protect my, my mental health, mm-hmm. a form of, of self-care, mm-hmm. form of warm self-care. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to remove myself from all forms of toxicity, as we talked about. Mm-hmm. I think in season two, we talked about the toxicity. We did. You got to remove yourself from the toxicity, and then that becomes an issue within your family. Right. Because now you're an adult, and you can make choices for your self-interest that your family's like, wait a minute. Right. Where's DeVal? Right. Where's Kadeem? Mm-hmm. How come they ain't stay long? How right. come they ain't speaking to so-and-so? Mm-hmm. It's because when you become an adult, you have to start making boundaries to protect your health and wellness. Absolutely. How do you do that? Well, you know what? Before we go to that, because mm-hmm. I want to go back to story time, because typically mm-hmm. we tell the story, and then okay. it's just like, you know, okay, so t- let's go back to story time, and let's okay. unravel that okay. a bit. So with story time now, you told us about the situation with brother, sister, whatever, mm-hmm. who have all had this circumstance, and we're expected to just pick up the pieces right. and move on like everything is normal, but we're not over it. So how did that positively or negatively affect your relationship with the siblings? Because I know how it has for me. So so this is, this is what I've learned to uncover. As the oldest just like you as the, right. the oldest, we've also been given that that title as almost half-parent. Yes. Because... Fortunately and unfortunately. Unfortunately, right. Yes. So since you're the oldest, you're right. responsible to give the example, right. be the example, mm-hmm. but also lead in a way where your siblings tend to look to you right. for guidance. Absolutely. And just right. so people know, if they don't know our family dynamic, Deval and I are the oldest. Yes. Um, I am older by the <laughs> older than Deval by like four months and 20-something days. She a cougar. She came in. It's all good. You know. Robbed the cradle. Rawr. Rawr. Sign. Okay. And then we have brothers uh, <laughs> yes. in the middle. So Brian is three and a half years younger than three, you? Yeah, three years younger Three years younger. Tr- two and a half. Two, two and, and a half, half right. And Tristan's three and a half younger than me. Mm-hmm. And then we have sisters. Sakari's 10 years younger. And, and my Tori sister's is, 10 years younger. So yeah. it's almost so like so the you know, same dynamic. It's like dynamic. literally the same dynamic that we're going through with our brothers and sisters. So what tends to happen as mm-hmm. the oldest is that you you tend to give advice or give guidance. But as the oldest, some of the things that come with that is that you want people to listen to you in all of the guidance you give. Right. And then when you, do, when you give guidance and they don't listen, you feel disrespected. I have felt that in my whole life. Yes. My thing is, is, you know, you ask me for advice. I give you advice and you do the opposite. Why the fuck you ask me for advice? 
It's like you just wasted my hot air, my I breath. Have, like I, I don't have, want that. I have mixed opinions about you and opinions because sometimes I feel like, you know what? I'm going to ask Deval his opinion. You can give me your opinion and then I take it and I do with it what I want. He gets mad. Deval gets so mad if I say, Deval, should I wear this hoop earring or the stud earring? And he'll be like, mm, I like the stud. And I'll be like, okay, cool. Then I'll reassess that and be like, you know what? No, I really like the hoop. So I come out with the hoops and then you be mad because I'm wearing the hoop. You're like, didn't I tell you to wear the stud? I'm like, I asked you for your opinion. I didn't ask you for the final say. I'm glad you brought that up. Now I'm going to. <laughs> Now I'm going to redirect. Oh my God. This redirect. is not no Mortal Kombat. You're not about to come here and try no, to it's kill not, it's me. No, not, it's All not right? Mortal Kombat, but even though you're older than me, you know, and you're a cougar, I still. <laughs> it's like know, three months. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh huh. When you ask me for my opinion or my advice on something, right? Mm-hmm. I then assume the role of the expert since you're asking me. Okay? I assume the role as expert since you asked me. Okay? <laughs> now. What Kadeen likes to do, much like my siblings on both sides, they don't really want nobody's opinion on advice. <laughs> they want affirmation for what they already want to do. So what you do, like my younger siblings, is already have this idea in your mind of what you want to do. And then you say, Deval, what you think about this? And if I say, yeah, do that, then they're like, gung-ho, yeah, go, go, go. But if I say, nah, don't do that, then they're like, yeah, but I really want to do this. And then, then they keep asking me in different ways until I agree with them. And then I'm like, why do you do that? Why don't you just tell me what you want to do? And it's Likely story. That's what you do. But this, but this is what causes rifts in families, though. Because think about it. And, and the younger siblings are not always at fault. I found the fault in myself, like I said before, is that I feel like if you ask me for my advice, you got to take it. Mm-hmm. Can't do that to people. Right. You, you, people have their own process in life. We talked about processes before, right? Mm-hmm. People have their own processes in life. Since I was first in life, I've been successful at things and I've been unsuccessful at things. Mm-hmm. So I don't want my brother or my sister to be unsuccessful at things in life that I were unsuccessful. So I want them to go through the process I went through and avoid right. those pitfalls. Which is like the parent situation, right. the parent-child relationship, whereas right. with our children, we can see right. the the obstacle, and it's like, bro, but I know like the shortcuts to get around the obstacle, right. but you kind of have to do it yourself and fail or fall or whatever. So I get that, but I feel thing, the same way. There's another thing I've learned, though. Just because I failed at doing something doesn't mm-hmm. mean that someone else doing the same thing is going to fail. Facts. Because their process may be different. They right. may have a different gift or talent that allows them to be successful. Right. I had to learn that throughout life. Mm-hmm. So what I learned to do with family is I learned to, since we're all adults now, right, step back and allow my family, and I'm going to get to my parents in a minute too because it's not even just my siblings, mm-hmm. allow my siblings to live their life. Mm-hmm. Stop being an, an enabler. Bailing them out when I know I can. You know, to stop being a crutch mm-hmm. and telling them things are going to be okay when I know it's not going to be okay just so they feel better. And just step back and ask this question. Well, what do you want to do? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, you got to do that to family. Right. And I learned that I got to do that to my parents as well. No, I hear you. I mean, I, I think about this story that you gave mm-hmm. and feeling the effects of it with, you know, our siblings. And I think that it has, if anything, more positively affected our relationship than negatively. Mm-hmm. And I say that because aside from me feeling whatever kind of way I would feel towards their significant other at the time, mm-hmm. when I remove myself from that dynamic in their mm-hmm. life, it then strengthens the bond that I have with them as a brother or a sister because I can just be there for them in that moment. Right. That's why it's like I don't 
don't want to talk to your significant other. I don't want to hear whose side, this side, that side, trying to right. take sides. At that point, it's not about taking sides. It's just about me saying, you know what? I'm here for you in case you need anything, but I'm going to keep my opinion to myself. Mm-hmm. And we and, and I'm, I'm, I'm okay with just being your sister and just chilling. If you want to vent, you want a sounding board, that's great. But I don't necessarily want to have to offer up advice and opinions, especially if it's unsolicited, because sometimes they just want to vent, you know? So let me ask you a question. So, you know how people say there's a there's a, a meme going around. I saw it on social media that says relationships are not a community project. Facts. Right. I agree, but I do kind of disagree with that mm-hmm. because then we'll also say it takes a village. Right. Right. When you get married, you want the people in your family in your village to celebrate your marriage. Yes. Right. If you have kids and you there's things you want to do in life, you ask people for help. Mm-hmm. Right. So my thing is. You can't then say it's not a community project mm-hmm. when it's convenient for you to do things that you want to do that people may not agree with, right. but then say it takes a village when you need help. I, you have to I, make a I choice. Yeah. So how do, you, how do you deal with that aspect? Because we all have right. family, right. parents, siblings, cousins who do that. Mm-hmm. When they need you for something, they want all the help. Right. But then when you have a, an opinion about how they're doing something, they, you know, I didn't ask for that. How do you deal right, with that? Right, right, right. Well, that's when you have to now set your own boundaries and you have to say, okay, what you're not going to be allowed is just access to just in and out whenever you feel to just like ask me for help or mm-hmm. me need, you need me to bail you out or something like this is not a revolving door of just something that's going to benefit you because then the relationship becomes very one-sided. No, yes, I feel like there's one true. person that's benefiting and then there's another right. person who's just always the, the giver, right. you know, and at what point are we pouring back and forth into this relationship? You know, it has right. to go both ways. So I agree that it's not a community project in that you don't necessarily have to include outside opinions and everything all the time every time something goes wrong but if you have a little snag in your relationship you can then solicit the help or solicit the advice if you do you take it or you take it or you you take what you want from it and then you don't but you cannot also expect people to just roll over and continue to give 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 and you not you know reciprocate that that. i i I like that and i'll tell you an example of of seeing that i had a homeboy Mm -hmm. right who his sister got married to someone Mm-hmm. That he was not fond of. Okay. He let that happen. Didn't didn't trip on it. They ended up having children. Mm-hmm. So he's you know the favorite uncle. So he asks you know they ask him can you watch the kids so we can do a date night? Can you watch the kids? Blah 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 blah. So he's like fine. But then when he goes over there, he sees certain things as an uncle that he's just like not fond of. That he just like tries to give advice on. And his sister was like, I don't need you to tell me how to parent my kids. You could just watch them. Oh. So he set a boundary and said, well, since I'm not allowed to be involved in the the rearing Mm -hmm. or raising these children, Mm -hmm. I just don't want to watch them. Right. And at first, I was just like, bro, you going to do that to your nephews? And then he was just kind of like, it's not about my nephews. Right. I was going to say. It's about setting a boundary for myself because what I'm Mm -hmm. not going to be is a floor mat. And I was like. Damn, I'm going to use that because <laughs> because it became yeah. obvious to me there mm-hmm. that it's, it's really not about the kids. It's about you. You 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 like you have the right mm-hmm. to protect your mental health right. and your sanctity right. by, by saying, you know what, your sanity, excuse me, your sanity by saying, you know what, this situation here mm-hmm. is toxic for me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be around That's it. That's it. You, so at, then he at times, chose to remove himself. He chose to remove that. himself. Right. And at times with family... We'll deal with people being toxic because we feel obligated to that relationship, right. that blood relationship. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then what and in turn happening is that he removed himself. And then his sister started to realize, like, dang. She had to move differently, She, she had to I'm move sure. differently because right. it's like, I need the help. 
Right. You know what I'm saying? So let me find out what right. he sees differently. Which is very different from even just our dynamic. For example, my brother and my sister, your brother and your sister, we, I think, agree that as parents, with our siblings and our parents specifically, mm-hmm. they have the right to, if our children is doing something wrong, yeah. say something or yeah. intervene or discipline yeah. to an extent. And I think it's it's important that that could probably be a whole other episode yeah. of disciplining yeah. children and how that yeah. spirals into like family and the trickle-down effect of how your children are behaving and stuff right. with other family members. But... You know, I know that you and I would feel comfortable if we were to leave our brother and sister with our children and somebody was acting up like he can feel free to say. Or my sister Absolutely. at times has said, you know, you know how she may have felt about something that one of the kids have done. And I appreciate Absolutely. the feedback. I don't take that as a, well, don't parent my kids because they're not your kids. And so, I can never see myself saying that as much as my sister helps us. So that's the question. Here's, here's, here's also what I had to, you know, I spoke to him about was mm-hmm. um, you do also understand that when you're at their house for a small period of time, you get a sample size of what it's like to be a parent. Mm. It's hard for people who have kids, who are mm-hmm. around their children all the time, to take advice from someone who doesn't have kids, yeah. who you only come to be the fun uncle, yeah. to now be given, you know what I'm saying? Because we, we had this conversation. As a, as a parent, I re- well, first as a child, I remember some of my aunts, Mm-hmm. And uncle saying things to my parents. Mm-hmm. For example, they told my parents that we talk too much. Oh yes, I talk back that. too much. You yes. know what I'm saying? The problem is the vow talk back too much. You give him too much leeway to say his opinion. Right. And I remember my my father saying, "You have your children. I have my children. Let me raise my children the way I want to raise my children." Mm-hmm. And I think my father allowing me to be open and, and opinionated and, and expressive mm-hmm. created who I am today. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, so whereas your aunt and uncle, whoever, may not have seen value in that. They just thought maybe this was a child talking out of turn right. or just like being a rebel or right. questioning authority. Right. They might have been seeing it in a mindset like if he goes out there and always has something to say, God forbid he's in the wrong situation with a cop or something, that exactly. might be the issue. That's exactly what it was. Whereas your dad exactly is just like, well, I want my son to be able to express how he feels exactly. all the time. You know? yeah. so, so it's also no knowing you know knowing where your place is in the family if right. you're the fun uncle right you're the fun aunt right you can't come in here trying to be dr phil <laughs> right. we around these kids 24 7 right i'm gonna need you to back up because the last bit. time my kids were in new york my brother the fun uncle gave them like thousand ices in one day and i'm just <laughs> like bro like you know jackson came back and was like can i have ginger ale i'm like you don't even you're not supposed to even drink soda and he's like well uncle tris gave me and i'm right, looking right, at him right. like tris really but that's <laughs> what know? the fun uncle does right so, right let me ask you another question right okay Dealing with parents. Hmm. There's a shift that happens Mm -hmm. when you become an adult Mm -hmm. where you realize that your parents are, I'm not going to say you're equal, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, but you have just as much right to live in your truth as they do. Yes. When did that happen to for you mm-hmm. and your parents, and how did you make that transition? Was it a smooth transition, or was it, or is it still kind of like, oh, that's my mom. Let me not say this. How does how right. did that work? Well, um, yeah, that's like a loaded, loaded question. Um, when it comes to my parents, I was raised in again, like I've said time and time again, your I would say traditional Caribbean, West Indian up, you know, upbringing. Uh-huh. Um, both of my parents from Jamaica and St. Vincent, and there was always the biggest thing was just respect. Like right. respect, respect, respect. And respect, it, it, it showed itself in so many different ways in terms of like, if my mom calls me Kadeen, I'm like, yes, mom. Like, God forbid, I'm like, yes, yes. or yeah. It's like, yeah. what? And she'll call my name several times until she gets like the yes, mom, you know? Right. So everything was just about respect. Um, everything was about the way things looked to the outside world Absolutely. or to other Absolutely. people. 
um, there was a lot of that. So, so I was always very mindful and very like conscious of like doing things in the way of, of being myself because right. I was just worried about how it would be received. And that has affected me, I think, in my adult life to an extent, mm-hmm. too. Although my parents did empower me to be who I wanted to be, there were also those those moments where I felt like, damn, I can't really be all that I want to be in this moment because I have to right. keep some things to myself. Right. Um, and naturally, growing up as a child, you know, my mom being a super strong woman, I mean, hard worker, my mm. dad providing a life, then working together, it was great to see that. And it was something that my mom instilled in me to be independent and to be, you know, my own person and to follow mm. whatever dreams it were. Like, she she, she definitely um, showed me how much she believed in me. So you had a respect so for your parents. I had a great respect for my parents because I felt like they were affording me a lifestyle to be able to do whatever I wanted to do. I feel like you're do. building all of this up to say, and then it changed. <laughs> like, like you're saying <laughs> all big, of this nice however, stuff. However. Right, you're, feeling, you're doing all of this nice right, stuff. Because I had to because I, I feel like I can't just come in on here and just be like, all oh, my parents, like, right. you know. No, they literally did everything to make me the woman that I am today. So I could never take that for granted or never give them their props for that. However, with me, the shift happened when, like I said in my soundbite earlier, you have your parents particularly Mm -hmm. because they're who you look up to. They're your first loves. Mm -hmm. They're your first, you know, this is what I want life to be, Mm -hmm. people. Um, They were on this pedestal for me where I felt like my parents were just superhuman. Like they were untouchable. They were beyond perfect. They were you know, the epitome of the perfect person. Mm-hmm. And that was me as a child. Mm-hmm. As I grew up, as I became an adult, as I started dating you, as I mm-hmm. married you, I became a mother, there was a shift in the way I viewed my parents. Wait, so you just set that up. So as I started dating you, there was a shift in the way I viewed my parents. <laughs> no. Ma, listen, Miss J, don't listen to, <laughs> listen to your daughter. Listen, I'm saying this to the camera. I did not change the way your daughter viewed I you. I only said that. I thought you were crazy when I first walked in the door. <laughs> So <laughs> that... he thought she was crazy from jump, ma. He did. Um, no, I say that to say because I got older. Like I met you at eighteen, right, right, so right, right, we right. we grew into adulthood together. So right. that's when I say, you know, I use you as a timeline because we met at eighteen, and here I am, you know, mm-hmm. a little older, and I can now see exactly what it was. I had to realize that the way my parents are, who they are. They're human beings. Yes. They're entitled to make mistakes. They're entitled to feel a way about whatever has transpired in their life that brought them to the point that they're at now. They're entitled to be, you know, resentful. They're entitled to to do be feel the way they feel. And I cannot hold that against them any longer. I I hear that, but you kept saying like you held them to a high regard. The level of respect was here. Then when you found out they were human, did Mm -hmm. like the level of respect drop a little bit? I want to say it did. Be honest. It did, yeah, it did a little bit. Be dead ass. That's the name of the show. The name of the show is dead ass. I will say that the, the level of respect did drop a little bit. Why? In that, in that, I felt like, or I do feel like, sometimes my parents don't own their shit. See? Say you know That's what, I mean? what I was going to say about mine. They I don't say own their mine. shit. And it's easy to place blame. Like, we all at some point will say, you know, something didn't work out the way I wanted it to work out. It didn't work out because of this person or because of that situation or because of that. But there's never really an introspective look when it comes to my parents about how did I actually get to this point? Is there something that I did or didn't do that is now a result of where I am in my life? So I'm glad you brought that up because I have a theory as to why... Parents and children have so many issues. Okay. And the theory goes back to what you just said. Mm -hmm. Parents do not like to own their shit, Mm -hmm. which means 
They're going to do the best they can with what they have during the time that they're trying to parent. But as we grow as people and as we evolve, things change and you realize that, you know what, I, I should have did that differently or mm -hmm. I could have handled that. With parents, especially black parents, I've noticed it. In our parents' generation. In our parents' generation, in yes. that generation. They're not willing to admit any fault or anything. Mm -hmm. So as a child, when you grow up thinking that you're always the reason why something is happening and you're never hearing anyone admit any fault, mm -hmm. you start to take all of this on as it's me, it's me, it's me. Yeah. Then you become an adult, yeah. right? And then your window changes because you, you, and I say this because you view the world through the window by which your parents provide. Right. Then you get to high school, you go to college, and mm -hmm. all these other windows open up, and you get to see different perspectives right. on things, and you realize, wait a minute, my parents only looking at shit through one window. Mm -hmm. Now I have all these other different windows in my yeah. house. I see things. I'm, I'm a little bit more enlightened now. Right. Then you try to talk to your parents about the stuff that, that happened, you've seen. and yes. you know what they do? They act like the shit never, never happened. happened. <laughs> <laughs> or right. they were well within their right to just do that to you and not admit that, you know what, I could have handled that differently. Mm -hmm. I've been through that with my parents. I was going to say, do you for, have a particular scenario like with your parents where you felt like... Bro. They, <laughs> bro. I mean, I know, but I'm just... Tell the people because I bro. know. So. And <laughs> I'm going to preface this by saying that I don't blame my parents. No, I of don't. course. It's never a blame. And I think because that's part of treating them like human beings. They're yes. allowed to make mistakes. mistakes. And we know yeah. as parents, there's no handbook to this. Like, we're figuring right. it all out. But one thing I did learn... Well, I'll save that. Go ahead. One, one thing I will say about my parents is... I learned to respect my parents more as parents when I became a parent. Hell yeah. Because I saw how many times, like, I looked at myself and I said, damn, I messed that up with Jackson. This shit ain't easy. It's not easy. No. And I can look at it, and, and we grew up in a different de generation where you're allowed to be a lot more open. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we embrace therapy. Mm -hmm. So our generation is a little bit more transparent. Mm -hmm. When it comes to Jackson, when I make mistakes, I pull him to the side and be like, you know what, bro? My bad. That's funny you because know I, when I said I was going to save it, I was going to say, as parents now, we, we can apologize to our children. Right. We can say that we were wrong. Right. Like, I'm, I'm okay right. with that, you know? Right. Whereas back in the day, our parents were like, well, that's just what happened and that's just it. And that's just it. You or know? as a child, no matter what happens, you're at fault. And, and you know how they talk about passing on childhood trauma mm -hmm. to kids? Mm -hmm. You know how many adults know that another adult did something to a child? And because that adult is a, a adult and is a child, it's either we sweep it under the rug, hmm. you know, or we blame the child for whatever happens. Talk about it. And what happens is that child's gonna grow up mm -hmm. with that trauma, right? And that tra that, that child's gonna take that trauma and unleash it on the whole family, mm -hmm. or unleash it to the next person that they try to love, because the parents and the adults in the family do not address the issues that they've had. Exactly. You know, through generations. No one's gonna fess up. Right. So there's a whole lot of protection happening. A lot that of protection. Like very adverse protection. And it's it's sad because. You start to lose respect for your parents as you become an adult because you realize they faults. Mm -hmm. And when they don't when they don't admit their fault, you like damn you're a hypocrite. Right. You're a liar. Right. And you can't even just admit your fault in right. this moment. You can't admit your like, fault. In this like, moment, like it don't have to be broadcasted, but no. just for the sake of our relationship, can we just at least say what it is? Like can we just be real? Can right. we just be a hundred? So know? me and my father had the realest conversation at thirty six years of age, I told you mm -hmm. recently, mm -hmm. talking about me growing up, how I was treated, mm -hmm. um, and I don't say that because I wasn't abused. Like I was definitely privileged, but my parents put a lot of pressure on me as the oldest child. Um, they got married at 21, 20 and twenty one, so they were raising kids while they were children. Mm -hmm. And my father financially was wasn't in a place where he was living in abundance. So by the time my sister came around, ten years later, we were in a way better place. 
But my father still held me and my brother to the standard by which he started when he was 21. Mm -hmm. And I felt like at times I couldn't do anything right. Everything that happened was my fault. Because my father, growing up in the house, never admit fault, mm -hmm. period. My father never admit fault, and my mom was always very quiet. Mm -hmm. When something happened, she like something happened and, and messed up, she messed it up, she wouldn't say anything. Right. I think you felt like so, that till like just recently anyway. Like he still till like never... a month ago. That's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> recently we had this conversation right. where right. he admitted to me that he raised all of us differently. He said, Deval, I raised you differently because you were the first one mm -hmm. and because I felt like you can handle it. Mm. And he said, you know, Tori, is, you know, Brian, Brian follows you. So mm -hmm. I felt like if I did this to you, Brian would then follow in your footsteps and everything would be good. Mm -hmm. Your sister is my baby girl. That's the only girl I have. So I raised her completely different than I raised my oldest son. Mm -hmm. So the reason why that mattered to me is because, one, I understood that. Mm -hmm. But the fact that he admitted it for the first time ever. That meant more to you than anything. Because before it was, yeah. I raised all y'all the same. Yeah. No, you didn't. Right. No, you didn't. That used to piss you that off. That used to piss me off so much. <laughs> that used to piss you off. Because the way we were treated, the way we were disciplined was different. So when you're disciplining a child, mm -hmm. he's not old enough to understand why he's being disciplined differently. Mm -hmm. He just feel like he's being picked on. And a lot of times I felt like I was being picked on. Mm -hmm. So when I walked back in the house, I walked back in the house with this animosity, even as an adult, mm -hmm. that if anything goes wrong, I'm going to get picked on. Right. So there were certain little things that used to trigger me. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, mm -hmm. and it, it wouldn't be a big deal, but then it triggers me, and then I fly off the handle, and they'd be like, what the hell is wrong with DeVal? <laughs> DeVal, yeah. And it's because I'm triggered because of things that happened in, in our childhood that you never admitted. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I think that we as, as adults mm -hmm. need to let our parents know when you become an adult, like, hey, I know you're not perfect. Mm -hmm. You don't got to put on this facade mm -hmm. that you are perfect. Right. Because once I realize that you're not perfect and you keep putting on that facade, you look fake. You, yeah. You look a hypocrite. Yes. You know? And it's like you almost want to create a safe space for your parents. I feel like I, as a child, my Ooh, parents. I like that. My parents create a created a safe space, safe for, your space for me. And being an adult now, being a mother, being a wife and stuff, I feel like I now want to be a safe space for my parents, especially because they were not um, kind of afforded that type of living in their day because when it came to their Absolutely. parents and their siblings, it was like, let's not talk about it. Right. And I realized particularly with, um, cause I feel like my father is very vocal about telling me how he feels about just everything. Um, my mom, however, is, is the one who was more of a private person right. and raised to be super private. So with her, there was like a hurdle that we had to get over because mm. when I would be like, mom, just like, tell me how you feel about this or mom, I don't think you were right when you did this. She saw it as me attacking her right. or she saw it as me taking like my dad's side or taking someone else's side. Whereas I'm just like, sis, I'm just trying to be real with you in this right. moment because right. I feel like you deserve for me to be honest. I deserve to be honest. And I want you to see how you look to, to just us. Yeah. Not how you look to outside people, to the world or yeah. to, to the public. How you, how look, you to look to your children who still yeah. look up to you and admire you and love you and respect you as their mom. But yeah. sis, you got it. Like she's used to being the one to check people. Because she's also the oldest of oldest, six siblings. Yeah. She, and, and, and I think that when someone tries to check her, she's, like, taken aback. Like, what? You know? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm so the checker way. has now become the checkee. Right. And right. it's just a whole hot mess, you know? Right. But we've come to the point where I think we've been able to have really open conversations. And I get a better understanding and then greater respect for why she is the way she is and how she feels because she's now open about it, you know? Yeah. So.
And it's it's funny because we we always and you and I both come from the firstborn perspective. Mm-hmm. I would I'm interested in hearing what the second, the middle child, mm-hmm. and the youngest mm-hmm. feel about growing up in the house. Right. Because they all have different triggers. And oh, absolutely. It's important for people to know when they go visit family. Yeah. Know what your triggers are. Absolutely. You know, you have a bunch you know of things what? here it's, that you yeah, want to Yeah, I have about. some some reference points and some yes. stats just because when we do have these conversations, a lot of it is our opinion about things in our mm-hmm. life, but I think so many people can take away um, yes. from this conversation when we have also to some supporting um, facts and stuff. So in a Psychology Today article published back in uh, 2019, which seems like it was so long ago, but yeah, it really wasn't. 2020 been long, 2020 though. is long as hell. Um, pain psychologist, medical consultant, author, and speaker Rachel Zoffness. Um, she provided some tips on how to set boundaries with mm-hmm. adults, um, particularly family. I guess it can also transcend through friendships and work life and all that. Um, but the first one is value yourself and your time. All right. So you're important and you deserve to be treated well. So if people around you don't appreciate you, they don't respect you, family or otherwise, you got to ask yourself, um, whether you really want to spend time with these people, <laughs> do you feel obligated to? How much time do you want to spend? Like, you get to choose that, and you get to choose who you do it with and when. You so, know what's funny? Thinking about this, you know what this reminds me of? Greenleaf. I watched Green. We, we've been, we've been watching, watching Greenleaf, Greenleaf recently, yeah. And we're up to season three, uh-huh. I believe. Yeah. And the first thing I say is none of these people know boundaries. Right. They're always in each other's business. Right. But not checking themselves because their world is just upside down right you know what i'm saying but i've I've also this is another analogy i use right it's easier to look through a glass window and point out everyone else's faults that you see through the glass window than it is to look in the mirror and see fault within yourself Mm. it's also easier to throw stones Mm -hmm. at other people's glass house because you haven't realized that if you look in that mirror your house glass too And sooner or later, one of them stones will come flying back over here. And on Greenleaf, it happens every episode. True. Grace be running around telling people, you need to do this. You need to do that. Da, 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 da. And what happens? Her daughter's somewhere with some dude. It's like, <laughs> see, you was too busy worried about with them. You ain't watching your own daughter. Your own child. Exactly. And that's family. Yeah. Family, we look. We are constantly looking at other people's windows mm-hmm. and saying, that's from, what you do From wrong. our perspective. From our perspective. Right. Never looking in the mirror. Yeah, exactly. Valuing yourself and your time. Value yourself and your time. I mean, your time is precious. I know mine is. So if you don't value Mm -hmm. it and you don't set boundaries and let let people know how much access they have to you, then it can be a recipe for a whole disaster. Mm -hmm. Um, Number two, give yourself permission to do what's best for you. So limiting time with toxic people as an act of self-love because there's no shame in that game. (sighs) You know what I mean? Like That's hard, though. well, imagine you don't go around like it's Christmas. Your family big on Christmas. Imagine, I know. imagine I'm if, to say. like, we just like I'm not going to Christmas this year. Then you that becomes an issue. No, exactly. It's because like you want to be there for the right. people who you genuinely want to be there for, but then you run the risk of so and so and so popping up because you know, yeah, cultural norms suggest that you're supposed to spend holidays with family, and if you don't, something is wrong with you. So then you know you have this toxic family system where these. Familial relationships, they can be abusive, you know what I mean, in so many different ways. Um, and it's difficult. It is difficult to be able to give the hard no one, like, I'm not going to be here or I'm not going to do that. Like, I have, <laughs> I just, that's a, a real thing in my family. <laughs> Listen, that's a holiday real thing times be popping. Uh, yeah. That's where shit always comes out during the holidays. Right. Because you spend the whole year mm-hmm. just suppressing everything. Not being fake cordial, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Oh, hey, girl, hey, how you doing, girl? 
That's something. exhausting. Yes. That shit is exhausting. And I've learned to learn to love people from a distance sometimes. You know Ooh, what I mean? Love people from a distance. Love you from over there. Okay. I like it. Or as I my like family would say, from over there. So <laughs> right? I, I don't like it. we don't like I, I've learned love you to from do a that. Distance. You know what I mean? Like even just a wedding, for example. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know such and such is coming to this wedding and you ain't trying to see her. It's great because there's probably 150 other people that you can just right. you know ignore <laughs> ignore yeah. that person. Um but it's a little bit different when it's those tighter, tighter situations with family and it may require that you say you know what i'm not gonna sit here and be here all night let me come in yeah, you know make my, my rounds thing. say what's up drop off some gifts whatever eat yeah. some food take my to-go tupperware and uh be out are you that person that takes the tupperware empty and takes food home with you Just oh, gosh. Know. y'all let us know comment comment <laughs> and let us know if you're the person that takes the, the tupperware, tupperware. <laughs> Facts, facts. All right, number three, know your triggers and anticipate them. That's me. I do that to now. That, to I that do favorite that now. word, trigger, trigger. So a trigger is pretty much what? A difficult situation or an event, right? Yes. We all have them. They're all different for different people. And triggers can range from like your uncle nosing into your marriage or mm-hmm. watching your parents enable and coddle, you know, uh, unemployed sibling, mm-hmm. um, your sister whispering about some shit her husband did. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, no, I don't want to hear that. Um, so you got to be one step ahead of your triggers. You got to know, know what they baby. are, um, the emotions that arise. So do you get sad? Do you get violent? Do you get angry? Like what happens when the Listen. triggers are provoked? Um, and how is the best way that you could take care of yourself when that happens? Like how do you, what's your response plan if a trigger is then, it then happens? You know what I mean? When I, I could see a trigger from a mile away. <laughs> like I'm like a sniper. I could see, I, ooh, I don't even need a scope to see that trigger's coming. There you go, it's coming. Full okay. speed ahead. Don't the kids got practice anymore? It's, it's about time that we Bruh. uh we gonna have to head on now. I SpongeBob that I'm gonna head on now. Let me tell you, I see a trigger coming. The <laughs> best escape plan is kids. Yes, I think every parent can attest to that. You don't want to be somewhere. Oh damn, it's getting late. The kids is cranky. Pinch ah, the baby. Pinch the baby. Oh man, this baby, it's been time for a nap. Or it's like, hey, can y'all come over to do XYZ or come to this event? Damn, I don't got no child care. Like, that'd be the easiest way Yo, <laughs> to get out of things. Avoid your triggers, man. You learned it here, guys. You avoid learned it your here. triggers. Avoid man. your triggers and just see it. Like, if you suspect that a conversation or a boundary yeah. drawing situation is going to be required, then you got to even sometimes like plan ahead and know yes. how you're going to get out of it, you know? <laughs> be clear about your needs and communicate them. So identifying your needs and boundaries in advance. For example, do you need your mother-in-law to leave her yappy little dog at home? How much time do you want to spend with your family or friends? Do you want to be alone? Like, these are so many different ways that you can... Sometimes it's difficult to communicate them because you no, don't want to feel like you're late. Well, it's not, not difficult. for you. I'm just it's, saying maybe for people, they may not know how to tell somebody, like, bruh, you are a trigger. Like, trigger alert, trigger alert. You. Like, Man, it ain't difficult to communicate a trigger. It's like, look, bro, sis, mom, dad... I can't put up with this no more. I've learned how to do this. Yo, I can't put up with this no more. And I'm just letting you know that if so-and-so does X, Y, Z, I'm out. Now, I have to respect that since I I told them that this is my trigger, they have the right to exist in their truth. So now that you know what my trigger is, if you continue to try to hit my triggers, that's fine. I'm not trying to stop you from living your truth because if you living your truth is a trigger for me, I can respect that. I just know now I'm going to remove myself. Mm-hmm. What happens is we as people tend to tell people what trigger us, and they could be living in their truth, and we want them to not live in their truth because it triggers me. Mm. That's unfair. Mm. It's unfair. 
I don't want you to not live in your because truth. Because then we're living in like facades, exactly. smoke, mirrors, fake situations. Exactly. And yeah. mm-hmm. You know your triggers. You tell so-and-so that that triggers me. They can choose whether or not they want to do it. Mm-hmm. So if you choose that you want to continue triggering me, I'm going to just remove myself. And you, it's fine to do that with I family. I think that comes with a level of maturity, though. Like, not everybody is going to be okay with that. There's going to be right. some people like, you know what? I said what my trigger is, and that's just what it is. So I'm going to sit here, and I'm going to still be here, and then just be petty about it. You and know? Then, and then fight. So And then fight, and then it becomes like a whole family brawl. So that that's, that's, a, that's like another situation that could potentially happen. But in protecting your peace, <laughs> I, I would suggest that but you let's do be what honest. Does. But let's be honest, okay? How many people actually want to sit there within their triggers? Like, sit there while their triggers are just walking around? No, of course Nobody. not. People, pe- most, no. most people, unless you're a sociopath, most people <laughs> be wanting to get the fuck up out of there. Facts. And they feel obligated because it's my niece's christening. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or it's my uncle's 50th birthday party, so I got to be right. here. No, you don't. Yep. You let everyone know what your triggers are. Mm-hmm. If they don't want to respect your triggers. Right. Bounce. Right. And if you have triggers that you Bounce. have not shared with people and their internal that's triggers. That's on you. Then that's on you. That's on you. And that's on you know. Do you know what? You practice. That That brings me to my next point. Practice saying no. Just say no. You know that it's going to trigger you because so-and-so is going to be at this family function and you just know that it's going to bring up all sorts of feelings. Just don't, just say no. Just I'm say not, no. I'm not, I'm not available. And I mean, no's I'll can send be a, gift. a hard no, a soft no. It depends on what, what level of no you want. For me, no is no for the most part. Right. Um, some people have to revisit their right. no. It right. could be like, a, right. mm, let me check my schedule situation. Or it could just be like, nah, I'm not doing that shit. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. at that point, you're advocating for yourself. So if you're advocating for yourself, then you can't be mad. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And then making a list of coping strategies. So what helps you get through these these moments with family members or like being upset or riled up, you know, going for a walk, um, going to see a therapist to kind of unloading that. Weed. (laughs) Being in L.A. and the fact that it's legal here (laughs) has completely changed my life. There is nothing in this world that can trigger me to leave my place of zen when I got that green. Okay? So you can do whatever you want to do. I got that green and I can go home. The bell's like, I'm out. You I, even, I see you. You talk about unbothered. My level of unbotheredness. It's skyrocketed. Since, since I've been went. introduced to Viola, my man Al Harrington and his company. <laughs> my level of unbotheredness has been on another level. I've even that. learned how to do that with Kay. I've been, I've been doing that with Kay. Okay. Do what? We, you, you know, you got your triggers. I got my triggers that you do that set me off. You know what I do? Go outside and a little puff, puff pass with myself. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so, I mean, family family situations are so complicated. But I yeah. honestly feel like we are the generation, the millennial generation, yes. um, are the folks who ain't taking it no Mo. So whatever the generational curse or family secret or whatever is, yeah. like we're blowing a whole shit up. Yeah, we're blowing it stops. up. Like we're not doing it anymore. We're stops. tired of it. Like we want to be yeah. as transparent as possible. We're trying to heal yeah. from prior um, generations of abuse and prior generations of mm-hmm. you know family secrets and lies and deceit and all that good stuff because all families have it to an extent. Everybody, Everybody you know, does. where there's love, there's also drama. Yeah. All right. Um, we are going to take a quick break. I think now is a good time. Yeah, we got time. listener letters coming up. Yes. Um, so we're going to take a break and move into listener letters after we get into some ads. Stick around, folks.
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, y'all, losing two loved ones in a matter of six months, it can be a lot. And a lot of times when you're dealing with grief, you have a lot to get off your chest with your family. That's absolutely right. You know, people carry around all different types of stresses, big and small. When you keep them bottled up, it can start to affect you negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to kind of figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deadass today to get 10% off your first visit. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deadass. You may be aware that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies and life-saving measures. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? You, along with the American Red Cross, regardless of your blood type, can help by donating blood. Every day, our blood saves lives and eases the pain for those living with sickle cell. When you donate blood, there is a direct positive impact within our community. Right now, there is great need for blood donations in the African-American community. Every donation counts and makes a difference in someone's life. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. During the break, let's quickly talk about a couple things that are important to most people I know. Comfort and style. Crocs, classic clogs, and sandals have both covered. When I'm talking about style, I mean personal style. There are just so many colors and so many gibbet charms that you can add to the Crocs to make them unique. You can dress up your Crocs to match your mood, to match your personality, to fit the occasion, and you can change them up day to day. I mean, ultimately, you can stand out from the crowd in a way that only you can because it's your personal style. And now, let's talk about comfort. You know, it doesn't get better than Crocs, clogs, and sandals when it comes to being comfortable. Style and comfort are usually a trade-off, but here... They're a package deal. It's like you have cushions on your feet. Soft, stylish, personalized, colorful cushion. That's right. So why wait? Head over to Crocs.com today and experience the comfort and style of Crocs classic clogs and sandals for yourself. Your feet will thank you. Hey, what's good, y'all? I think it's important for you to understand why black representation in media is important. It's important because the media represents how people view us. And it's important that they understand that black people are not a monolithic people. That is a fact. And the next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truth. Black Stories, Black Truth is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so guys, we're back with listener letters right now. 
Anthony's favorite part. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read this one today. It's actually a pretty long listener letter. Oh, this letter. is like a whole story. Yes, it is. We right. have, a, But it's good, though. I like when y'all set the scene for us. So we yes. have, sometimes y'all want us to answer these questions and we don't know the context. So Let's set the scene. Let's set the scene now. So, I've been married to my husband for 10 years. After all these years, my in-laws still don't respect me. And honestly, I don't think they like me. I don't really like them, but I tolerate them. Hmm, sounds, you know, like typical that happens. Mm-hmm. A little background. She provided background. Yes. When my husband started dating, when, when me and my husband started dating, he was the man of the house. His mom, six siblings, and his sisters, five kids and all, depended on him financially. Wow. So when he moved out and we got married, they didn't know how to fend for themselves. He had allowed them to be completely dependent on him. So every week there's always something. Someone needs something or they are popping up at our house without notice. My husband has four grown siblings who constantly ask for money to do laundry, to spend the right to spend the night at our house. The list goes on and on. I've been fed up and my husband knows how and doesn't know how to say no. I have a brother who constantly asks for things, but I always say no because I don't feel he should we should enable our family or make them feel they can always run to us. Back to his family. <laughs> They are freeloaders and cannot get their life together. Over the years, anytime I say something, my husband goes back and says, my wife feels, ooh. Damn, bruh. Yeah, so I try to ask that he relay the message as we, but somehow he never sticks to the plan. Recently, we had a birthday party for my daughter and his mother and his three adult siblings and six nieces and nephews came and no one spoke to me. They walked in with attitudes. However, throughout this party, his mom was talking about me to my friends and my family and trying to regulate things in my house. Please give me some advice. This is what you do. This is what you do with the family. Can't do that. Throw them away. Can't do Throw that. Throw the whole family away. You you can't be Kobe and play air basketball <laughs> with the family. You can't do that. You can't just. You oh, and um, well, there you have it. Clearly, the issue is they don't not like you, sis. They could have he could have brought someone else home. I feel like yeah. and married someone else, and yeah. they wouldn't like her ass either. Because why? Right. Their bread and butter. Is yeah. now moved on, yes. and is trying to have his own bakery with his own bread. Yes, and very true. you've t- you've completely came in and pretty much taken away their entire support system. Yes, and the fact that he was taking care of so many people naturally he's going to feel this battle now between the family who I'm sure is giving him guilt and mm-hmm. grief about moving on. But nah, son, you you marry your wife, and then you create your family with your. Wife. Yes. They don't have to figure it out, all these adults and and whatnot. Yes. You know what I mean? But here's the deal. And you see this happen so many times. They say when you have a son, your son grows up, Mm -hmm. he leaves, never comes back. He creates his family, creates the nest. (laughs) I dilemma with my three boys. (laughs) That's why we're going to get a daughter. Daughters typically come back and always take care of their parents. That's what is, you know, typically they that's say true, that's what happens, my, right? I, yeah, I'm taking care of my parents now to an extent. So, yes, yes, me and my brother out, out the trip, <laughs> gone. My sister always be back. But um, same thing, yeah, your, your sister and you, y'all always talk about your parents. Yeah, we look after Tristan, my dad and gone. gone. Yeah. So here's part of the issue. When, you, when you're dating someone whose family is dependent on them, like you said, they're never going to like whoever this person brings because now his attention, his resources, his finances is going to go to a different place, oh, which means there's going to be less mm-hmm. for the family. Mm-hmm. Now, you have a decision to make as a woman dating someone like this. You realize what you've already seen. The writing is on the wall. The minute you guys get married, unless he becomes a gajillionaire and is able to take care of everybody and his own family, there's going to be an issue. 
At that point, you have to make a decision of whether or not you want to stay in this relationship or you want to leave. You decided to stay. So now the best thing for you to do is to get your husband to understand that every time he goes back and he says, my wife. Oh, man. Remember we talked. You know what's funny? My wife said or my husband said. Or my husband said. Remember the story, the story time. You go back and you tell what, what you know what my significant other was doing or what mm-hmm. my sister, and now your family is pissed. Right. You can't even be mad at his family now because he is the reason why they don't like you. Right. He keeps saying my wife feels. If mm-hmm. he would go over there and just say, "Listen, y'all, we can't do this." We, not even we. I can't I do can't this. do this for y'all no right. more. Right. I can't do this. Right. Then the blame doesn't go on you. Mm-hmm. The blame goes on him. He made the he choice to, to get married and, and do this. Yep. The problem is he sounds like a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. And since he's a people pleaser, he wants everyone else to like him mm-hmm. and don't care if they, <laughs> they don't, don't like, like each you, other. Right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. It's like he did all this and then he just stepped away and was like, okay, I'm good. And that happens. Yep. Yep. Nope. That happens in I... families all the time. Yep. Yep. And I mean, the fact that they come to her house... And then have a whole attitude coming to my like y'all bringing that whole energy to my house. You could stay home for that. Like, what yeah, was the whole true. point of doing that? You know, and that goes to the whole like, you know, when you have events and people show up, and then it's like this one has attitudes with that one, and then right. she's trying to belittle you to your friends. Like, right. that shit is not allowed in the household. And I wonder if you, I wonder if she ever spoke up to his family, or if he's trying, she's trying to be respectful of the relationship that he has right. with his family, and says, you know what, you handle your family. And I'm going to sit back here and just expect that you will. And he's not. That's going to be a difficult situation for mm-hmm. her. I because think if gonna... he's not strong enough to stand up to his right. family. On his, and he's already done so much damage. Right. That now the family, everything he does now, they're going to be like, oh, she's making him say that. Mm-hmm. He already set the precedent. Right. But so, so realistically, everything I'm going to say cannot be done retroactively. Right. The damage is already done. Mm-hmm. It's up to you to make a decision on whether you want to exist in this toxic environment. And if I'm you, and, and not for nothing, if this is me, me being this young lady here, mm-hmm. I'm not doing stuff in my house no more and they're not invited. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to do stuff with my family, mm-hmm. invite the people who respect me, mm-hmm. and y'all can just kick rocks. And people will say that's petty. You can't not invite his mom. Yes, I can. If his mom feels like she can disrespect me mm-hmm. in the home I'm making for her son, she don't need to come, right. and neither does his siblings. You are well within your right to set that boundary. Mm-hmm. People will always point at the victim sometimes yeah. and say, oh, you can't do this. And oh, yeah, yeah, you can. <laughs> set that boundary. Yeah, so it says if, who? If I'm you, I set that boundary because at this point, he can't now go back to his family and be like, well, it was all me. Right. They never got, we, we dealt through this. We've, we've been through similar situations where mm-hmm. people don't like aunts or don't like uncles in mm-hmm. my family. You've seen it in your family. Yep. So... Once that damage is done, you got to set a boundary. Yeah, and it's unfortunate yeah. sometimes because what it then happens if you say to someone, you know what, I don't appreciate this person's energy. I know that's your significant other or I know that's your sister or I know that that's aunt so-and-so, but I prefer to have this person not attend my event. Then it's like you look like the bad guy and then potentially it requires that the person who is related to mm-hmm. not show up. And then you're like, damn, I don't want my sibling or whatever to not come to this event because they have to now choose between, you know. But now, but I hear what you're saying. You know, they have to choose between 
satisfying me, but also uh, the significant other who is just like, well, I, now I can't go, so I'm busy be home by myself, or you know that kind of situation. I understand what you're saying. And then that too sometimes is not fair to the person in the middle because then they feel like, well, damn, what do I do? No, well, the person in the middle is the one who started everything. Well, that's the thing. In this case, right? He's the one who went back and said, my wife said. Right. So now when your wife says, I don't want your family here, you have to relay to them mm-hmm. that you're not invited. Right. And the fact that you feel bad about that. Wouldn't even be happening right now if you didn't if you go back and yeah. say that. From early. You got to man up. From early. And say, listen, guys, I got mar- I'm got i getting married. You know what I'm saying? Right. This wife. And they've been married for 10 years. So imagine how long this has been going, going on. on. That's exhausting. Exactly. My that wife is, is my so priority now. exhausting. Yeah. My wife is my priority yeah. now. And we're going to talk about this on another yeah. podcast. But for me as a man, once I get married and my mom took, and, and shout out to my mom. You know, we, we were talking about parents and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But remember when you first got pregnant. Mm-hmm. And my mom wasn't around that much. Mm-hmm. My mom wasn't around. Yeah, after Jackson. And mm-hmm. ja- you know, I felt away because I was like, damn, your mother's always here. Mm-hmm. Why my, Why isn't my mom here? And right. then I talked to my mother about it. And she said to Val, do you know if your wife wants a meddling mother-in-law in her house? Mm-hmm. That's her house. Mm-hmm. You guys are building a family on your own. I don't need to be there to tell her what to do. Her right. mom is there. Right. The same way your sister, when your sister gets pregnant, I'm going to be there for your sister. Right. But at points, you have to know when to step off. Right. And it's a different like, point. It's a different type of relationship. Yeah. A different dynamic. Because I do know of some women who have mothers-in-law that they're just like, I'd rather her just not come around at all. Right. Whereas with us, we're so close to family. We that saw it as just like, damn, around. why is your mom not here? You right. know? But also, too, she was trying to be respectful, respectful. of, you know, what I may be thinking or I may be feeling. So right. when we said to her, no, mom, we actually would like for you to be around and involved. And it's cool if you want to offer right. to take the kids. Like, I ain't going to turn down nobody saying, like, especially my in-laws. Like, See? y'all want to keep these kids I will ship them to you no problem but it's also understanding their history yeah because my mom came from a situation where my grandmother my father's mother Mm -hmm. she every house she went to was her house it don't (laughs) matter if it was her daughter's house her siblings house she was the oldest Mm -hmm. she grew up in the south so she took care of everybody she dropped out of school in 8th grade to take care of her siblings Mm -hmm. so that's all she did so when she went to people's house she made it her home right so for my mom it was a little imposing Mm -hmm. so as she got older she realized you know what I don't want to be that imposing right. mother-in-law. Right. So sometimes it's not so much just knowing your spouse; mm-hmm. it's also knowing their family history, so you can understand why they are the why way they, they move are, the right. way they so move. So, so with your mom, it wasn't lack of interest. Right. It was just her trying to be respectful of right. our space. You know. Right. And in her being, you know, being transparent enough afterwards to say to mm-hmm. me, you know what. Maybe I could have been around, but I thought I was doing this right for you guys. I thought I was helping, yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. you know that's part of it. And maybe maybe this young lady, I know it's been ten years. Maybe you have a sit down with his mom mm-hmm. or with his sisters and mm-hmm. say, listen, everything that's being said to you is not just me. Mm-hmm. It's me and him. Mm-hmm. I want to be clear because this is how I feel. Right. Once you have that conversation and everything's on the table, right. They have the right to choose and behave the way they want, and you have the right to choose and behave the way yeah, you want. Yeah, actually, that's a good, that's a good idea. Sometimes yeah. it, it's things get lost in the shuffle when the conversation goes from one house to another because we right. don't know, even just in his body language or what how he says to his family, his how he's telling it. Right. So it may be worth it to do a sit-down. Like, we've... Yeah enlisted that with our families, yes, we you have. know, like sitting like, down with everybody in the room so we can all be clear. Right. And then we move forward accordingly. And if someone chooses to move sideways and you're just like, well, they're going to move sideways. So now That's I know the way how to it act. Is. 
There you so go, there you sis. Go. There you go. Try All to right now. try to set up a conversation, see if you can get everybody together. And, Absolutely. Um, if you'd like to be featured as one of our listener letters, email us at deadassadvice at gmail.com. That's D-E-A-D-A-S-S-A-D-V-I-C-E at gmail.com. Good job. Good job. All right. So we're going to round it out with the moment of truth. Yes. Did you have one? Did you take notes today? I took notes, right? You and did? there's one thing that you said that became my moment of truth, right? Okay. With dealing with family, mm-hmm. create a safe space for your parents to be exactly who they are. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. Because everything comes from your parents. Mm-hmm. You you begin seeing the world through the windows that your parents provide. Mm-hmm. And your parents feel, because I felt this way with Jackson and Cairo and Kaz, that mm-hmm. I have to present myself in a certain way to gain their respect. Mm-hmm. Once you get older and you become an adult and you create a safe space for your parents to be exactly who they are mm-hmm. and they don't feel like they're being judged by their children. Because mm-hmm. even your mom said to me when we were smoking hookah one time tonight, she said, how would you look at me if I smoke hookah? Mm-hmm. I was like, mom, we I'd be like, care. sis, hey, let me pass it to you. Right. <laughs> she was like, no, you know, I have to. And I started to realize, yeah. well, you know, maybe we're not creating a safe space for mom not to feel judged. You mm-hmm. know, because kids tend to do that. Your mom say something, you laugh and snicker between right. siblings. And if you Always. Don't, right, if you don't <laughs> create... My brother and sister you, and I are terrible. All the time. <laughs> and y'all do that to everybody. <laughs> Me too. So if you don't create a safe space for them to be who they are, right. they're not going to open up. And if they can't open up, they mm-hmm. can't help you end generational traumas yes. and, and change things and have open dialogue. So for me, what I learned is sometimes it's not always about the kids. Mm-hmm. Got to create a safe space for your parents. Oh, I love that. That one is mm-hmm. really good. Um, I have a lot of things that I want to say is my moment of truth. However, I feel like what sums it up for me is uh, the sooner you realize that you have autonomy over your time and your mm-hmm. emotions – the sooner you'll be able to remove yourself from situations, even with family, that you have no place in. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's mm-hmm. important for people. It's a form of, of self-care that we've been throwing around that, that term so much nowadays, but it's so important to know when you have to walk away from situations, know the importance of boundaries, and being unapologetic about it. Because I feel like a lot of people, when it comes to family, yeah are very concerned, naturally, which makes sense, about how so-and-so will receive it. And in having to always be concerned about how somebody else is taking it, it takes away from the way you You feel. feel. Um, And don't do that anymore. Stop sacrificing the way you feel just to appease others because you control your own happiness. There you go. You know? I like it. So if you do two of those things, hopefully you guys will be Yeah, you have autonomy over your life, your time, your, your... your energy, your space, like protect that shit at all costs, yo. Yes. Protect it at all costs. Well, I hope y'all had fun with us today. I know, today this was a good, was a good one. one. Yes. Yeah. I think it started off right with the family. Yeah, that was good. You turned up today. You turned up today. Hey. Well, listen, be sure to find us on social media at Deadass the Podcast. That's D E A D A S S T H E P O D C A S T. You just love to spell shit out. Look because at you, you got to spell stuff out for people sometimes. That's true. People be like, Deadass the Podcast. Is that D A podcast? I'm no, telling you, you, you got to spell you it gotta out. Spell, you're absolutely you see? right. And autocorrect be having people all jacked up. You see, I got to tell him what to do. <laughs> you learn something new every day. Absolutely. You know what I'm and y'all know where to find me. Kadeen, I am. And I am Deval, of course. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe us pretty please if you want some more of us. Dead ass. Dead ass, baby.
Deadass is a production of iHeartMedia Podcast Network and is produced by Denora Pena and Tribble. Follow the podcast on social media at Deadass the Podcast and never miss a thing. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you. And how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. You may have heard that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help us save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. You know that I feel like it's important to express yourself. You got to put your true self out there. And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do that. That's right. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know it doesn't get any more comfortable than the Croc clogs and sandals. They are just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit Crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock. One at Flatiron Plaza in New York City and one at Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. With giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it's a perfect time to try, like, and share black-led products. It's free for everyone and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with black-led products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart. Trust, you don't want to miss it.